This episode was brought to you by the following patrons. Joey Wolfslore, Christian Wes, Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Damasaurus, The Number, Jeff, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Dave, Jonathan, Mailman, Sean, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karoon, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, please do so in the Facebook group and Discord servers where we are literally in there chatting daily. I have a lot of fun facts for this. uh, Because something really fucking funny, at least funny to me, happened during production that changed the course of this movie. (laughs) Really? Did they actually run over that child? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, my favorite part of the movie is when the doctor was like, okay, so these kids were a killer cult, so like, I'm I'm out of the murder. Like, I'm good to go. Like, this is great. Yeah, we should have seen a scene where he was just like, oh, thank God. Right? (laughs) And you could definitely tell how cool he was. Like, that's not his first child murder. No. (laughs) He is very calm under child murder pressure. He handles that very well. Yeah. Only an experienced child murderer could handle that kind of thing that well. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch the Stephen King masterpiece, Children Children of the the Corn. I didn't even know Stephen King did it. Me either. I cannot believe I have never seen Children of the Corn before. I can't believe you'd never seen it either. And it's a whole franchise. I've not seen I know. any of them. It is a whole franchise. Yeah, I panicked for a second because I saw that there were more recent ones, and I was like, oh, shit, we didn't clarify no. which one we were watching. That's but I- the TV movie on sci-fi is what you found. That's the TV movie, apparently. It's whatever. not the Excuse same. Excuse me. Sorry. I enjoyed the movie because I felt <laughs> like it was a more realistic depiction of what evil children would be like. Oh, yeah. And how to handle them. And how you are like, okay, to just fucking shove these children around. (laughs) This dude is shoving kids the whole movie, and I'm here for it. But, like, they're scared. I mean, like, because he's a big adult. And, like, yeah, Malachi's this big-ass, like, awkward 15-year-old. But, like, everybody else, nah, bro. Yeah, no, a lot of them are, like, children-ass children. Yeah, and he's shoving children-ass children. Like, he does fight Malachi at the end, but he's shoving kids the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, so, like, they're really deadly or whatever in the beginning where they had, like, their secret plan and murder the whole town or whatever. I get it. That sucks. But, like, once that, once you know they're evil, yeah. like, they didn't exactly pose a great threat throughout the film, at least with a doctor. <laughs> no, I mean, if more than two people showed up, it would have been very easy to overtake them. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the crazy thing is in, in the beginning when you they have, like, a whole town to contend with. <laughs> Well, they had the element of surprise page. They did. They did. Yeah. And conveniently, all eight adults that live in that town were in that diner at that moment. So they just <laughs> murked them all there. And like headcanon here, that one police officer, I think he must have killed four to five children before they put him oh, up. Oh, he on has to have. I, I have notes on the short story versus the movie okay. and some of the plot lines that don't make it to one or the other. But one of the things that they do cover a little bit more in the short story is that policemen had like laid out a full ass plan to try and burn the fields. But what I don't understand is why he didn't just drive to the next town and get the other policemen. <laughs> like, or Paige, use the radio in the car? Anything, 
anything, Todd. I mean, anything. if you try and uh, you have to suspend a lot of disbelief to like buy into the premise of this movie because like the post office would have come and been like, oh, everyone's been murdered. So I have to contact the authorities, you know, like right. any one thing like grocery store deliveries, like anything that goes from town to town, they would have been discovered like at least within three or four days. Yeah, and the implication is they're killing all those people. <laughs> but I'm like, if everyone you send to this town goes missing. I know, right? Like, Paige, I need to right now break into your thing and just say, Mikey thinks we're ignoring him, but he's just muted on the Zoom so we can't hear him. <laughs> oh. How did that happen? <laughs> Mikey, hit the unmute button. I was like, I guess I'll wait my turn to talk. I, was <laughs> I saw you start talking and then that was so funny. I'm sorry. I had to point it out. How did I mute it? I don't know, but you've I done that know, more than once. Well, I'm not good with this. But what were you saying? I'm sorry. What were you saying? I just want to see like a Rick Grimes-esque figure like trying to burn the <laughs> cornfield shooting children over and over again. I mean, that's basically what that first cop was. The blue I man. 100% think the cop was killed before they like killed the rest of the town. No, I don't think he could have been, right? The cop survives and is killed last. Is that in true? Both. Yes, in both the movie and the story. I'm, I assumed he was taken alive and then put on the cornifix. Yep, cornifix. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, killed that way. Oh, my God. Also, the amount of, like, weird voice. Mo I mean, you could tell they got real kids because of how they screamed. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Malachi, Malachi, the evil dude is gonna get you to kill me and i was like oh dude when isaac gets killed i was so happy fun fact isaac and, and i don't mind burning through this fun fact because there are so many fucking fun facts uh, isaac is one of the few in this movie that is not a child yeah, I did look oh, that wow. up because I was like, he looks like a 40-year-old, 12-year-old. He is 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was the same guy from... Uh from that that uh, rom-com we did? A princess for yeah. Christmas or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Lil T or whatever his, his rapper Lil, name Lil was. Lil T, yeah. When the kids start arguing, I was just like, this sounds like real children arguing. That's because it was. <laughs> and that's why he they get shoved. Shove, shove, shove. <laughs> I like how they stab him and it's like not very deep and he just like gets madder and then just beats up all the children in that church. <laughs> Like, that's how I, I feel evil children would go. Yeah, absolutely. The end was where the, the girl comes and they just slam her head against the glass and <laughs> knock her unconscious. And they're like, fuck this place. Let's go. That, I mean, that's fun fact. That's only the end of the movie, not the end of the, the short story, which I'll go over in fun facts. But well, there's sequels and I am here to see all of them now. <laughs> Me too, honestly, because this movie is a little insane and I'm here for this it. This is uh, the best of all of them. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> like, that's what terrifies me about the Hellraiser series, because if that's the best <laughs> of the Hellraiser series, they're all terrible until six when Henry Cavill comes to join the crew. I think Hellraiser will get better the worse it gets. No, that might oh, be true. yes. Hellraiser one is the most coherent. That's Let's terrifying. That way. Coherence is overrated. I mean, when it comes to Hellraiser, yeah, I think so. Because some of those like late ones get fucking nuts. Come on down and get pins in your face at the Cinnabon. In Hellraiser six, they just get the 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 thing out of a magic claw, and then a kid opens it up, and then there the Cinnabons <laughs> are everywhere. Out of like a vending machine magic claw thinger, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Nice. So, Paige, you've seen this movie before. Do you remember your first experience with it, and what was that like? Yeah, I so I was a uh, full on grown up because uh, I saw this after college when a bunch of my friends made like a riff track to it. So they made like a mystery science theater podcast about yes, it? Yes. And nice. then you could it. play the track while you watched it. Oh, I love that. Fun fact about Horror Virgin. 
someone who was originally involved in the founding of this show wanted to do that and was upset when I was like, no, let's not do that. So yeah, <laughs> as someone who has has watched other people try and fail. Yeah, you it's it's harder to do than people think. It's super hard. Like from a production standpoint, yeah. it's a nightmare. And yes. that means people have to watch along with you. And like, it's a hassle. Like, that's not a really good listening experience either. But I explained that to them and they got over it. So that was the first time I saw this. And I was like, oh, corn Samar is fucking nuts. Because like, that's basically <laughs> what this is. <laughs> So have you seen it multiple times since you initially saw it or is this? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find this movie hilarious. It really is. It is rewatchable as hell, too. Now, I will say it definitely has pacing errors, which I really noticed this last time because I had stayed up way too late watching The Witcher and I really <laughs> wanted to get to bed, but I had to watch this first. Yeah. And so when at 40 minutes in, they're finally getting to the town, I was like, fuck me. <laughs> like this is. And that's wild because when we kick it off, we'll talk about it, but like it jumps into it. Like this is the first time I saw it and I thought it was going to be like most movies from the 80s that have like long ass credits or whatever. So I was doing the social post about us watching this movie mm-hmm. and I missed the murder scene and like because it happens in like the first three minutes of the movie. So I was like, wait, what the fuck is happening? I got to rewind it. I just started the whole thing over. Yeah. The first murder happens instantly and then nothing else happens for like 40 minutes. I know. Like that's what. And those are like huge pacing issues. I wouldn't say errors because they probably intended to to do that. Right. Well, we'll talk about it in fun facts because it could have been worse. Let's put it that way. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, just like with Star Wars, a good editor can save a movie. I mean, that still didn't happen here. I, it's, it's Christmas. <laughs> I don't want to have the conversation. No, I mean the initial, the original Star Wars. That's true. George Lucas's, I think it was his wife at the time who was the editor for it, saved that yeah. movie. Yeah. Anyway, so yes, I, I've seen this multiple times. I have not seen any of the sequels, though, okay. because I was like, it can't get better than this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, what I will say for this and... I think kind of applies to the short story, although it's one of those things where like the second you start picking it apart a little bit, oh, yeah, you can't it instantly falls apart. It's yeah. like a raccoon washing cotton candy. That raccoon cotton candy is so sad to me. Like It's so sad. Yeah. But that's kind of what this story is like. But what I will say is the premise is terrifying. This idea of like coming into a strange city and there is a child cult that is just ready to murder people at any turn. Oh, yeah. And then finding out that the thing that they're worshiping is fucking real. That's terrifying. Yeah. That is a scary premise. Yeah. The execution is the problem. Right. And I don't know that you could have ever really done it all that much better, although I'm kind of curious to see the sci-fi one, or I'd be interested to see someone try to redo this. Yeah. Because I think the weakness is child actors, number one. You're having to work with a bunch of kids, and so diminishing returns. But I think, you know, like, these days we have fucking Stranger Things and stuff. Like, yeah. if you had the money behind it, I think you could pull it off. Yeah, I was going to say, and pardon the pun, but with today's crop of, like, child actors <laughs> that are, like, <laughs> yeah. really mm-hmm. pretty solid, I feel like yeah. you could pull a Finn Wolfhard and, like, other people from Stranger Things or um, the girl who was in Ghostbusters Afterlife yeah. would be an amazing Sarah, right? So, like, I feel like you could remake this and make it really, really terrifying. Well, and a huge part of the problem back in the day was the budget. And I think if you gave this the money it needed, it would be much better. We'll sure. talk about it in fun facts. I think you could retool it, too, for more like a 
to get rid of the, all the, you know, think about it for a second, it doesn't work. Make it in like an urban setting where like there's just like a small patch of corn with like a creepy thing and like these kids murder randos or like unhoused people and drag them back to the corn. I'm sorry. Do you think that there's corn in the city, Mikey? They, they do be. have urban farms. Like my sister lives in Arlington and like no joke, they can walk to an urban farm where they have a plot of land and they grow shit. They don't yeah. grow corn. But we have like five around the city here. But corn though, Mikey, corn. Corn is like one of the easiest things to grow in Tennessee. No, it's not. Corn is one of the hardest things to grow, dude. Well, no, in Tennessee, a lot of people grow corn in Tennessee. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of people like sell their corn on the side of the road and stuff. I mean, yes, it's pretty country it's one of the so it's one of the few <laughs> things we can't grow in california which is like like people do but people struggle to grow corn here yeah but we can grow almost fucking anything else yeah that's wild because you guys do grow most of the food that the u.s eats <laughs> yeah we do in yeah. atlanta next to the neighborhood i was growing up was a like a small cornfield which was like three mm-hmm. yards it was like the farmer who's on all the land and like he threatened me with a shotgun once i mean like <laughs> I can just picture like Mikey walking through his corn and hearing, boy, you better get <laughs> like a cocking of a shotgun. That was pretty much what happened. <laughs> I mean, I feel like, I feel like Mikey, what you're describing is just a band of kid murderers and ditch the corn. That's a scary story on its own. Yeah. What you're describing is the foot clan and teenage mutant ninja turtles. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, you know, like unsupervised young people could do more trouble than like a town without adults in it. But I mean, I feel like the scariest part of the town without adults is that no one knows. And that's kind of why some of this works. There'll be some. I can make it work. I like them in the like out in the middle of nowhere. That is the scarier part for me. But I will say, fuck, and I cannot overstate this enough, them kids. (laughs) I do feel like in this situation, I would adopt Mikey's tactic of beating up evil kids because A... I could. And B, they earned it. (laughs) (laughs) And these weren't even like kids. The bad ones were teenagers. And I'll kill a teenager. (laughs) Like Malachi. I mean, like Malachi was the biggest one. And he was like the big. Malachi's got it coming. You know, big dick cheese of this whole thing. Yeah. And like, yeah. You come at me with a sickle, I'll drop your ass. Yeah. You saw what happened. Once you take him down, all the rest just crumple and cry. I, I. I do love when Isaac comes back and he's like, he wants you too, Malachi. And he like grabs Malachi. Everyone leaves. And then the adult whose name I can't remember, the doctor guy is like, Dr. Death. (laughs) Dr. Bringer of Kid Death. Like looks Mm -hmm. at them and just goes, this doesn't involve me. And then fucking bones out of there, like runs with them. Yeah, I love that. I'm not going to fight a demon for a child that just tried to murder me. I think he made the right call. I'm just saying it was funny to watch. (laughs) <laughs> it was funny to watch well i do like that they get to the barn and all the, those kids who were literally just trying to kill them are like save us yeah. <laughs> like fucking typical kids fair man. weather fans over here always going with who's in first place <laughs> who's tallest oh, can't, yeah can't reach the soup now can you little isaac <laughs> maybe we should just get into this movie because we clearly are gonna have a lot to talk about scene by scene yes so this movie opens immediately and something that I think they did in post, but I'm not 100%. If you look on one side of the road, the corn is dead. On the other side, it's not. And it's the side where Gatlin is where the corn is not dead. Yeah. 
but it's basically either side of the highway. That's pretty interesting. We cut to the town of Gatlin with a church where it's talking about the corn drought and it's got like a poster outside and everyone's kind of walking out after church and we start to get child voiceover, which I like terrible idea. Like, this is one of the worst voiceovers we've ever had on this show. You don't like this, this like normal little boy who watches his whole town dies is like, and is totally fine about it. And it's just like, yeah. I mean, that's the way it goes. Like, this is me. I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation. Yeah. <laughs> well, my town's obsessed with corn and that led to murder. Yeah. So we basically see the start of the murder where he and his dad are at a diner. His mom and his sister are homesick. And at the diner, the teens working there poison all the old people. And then Malachi yeah. and his cronies come and kill everybody else. And outside the window, we see Isaac. It's the scariest shot of Isaac. It is. Isaac's scary. Isaac is a creepy looking dude. He looks like a very intimidating Amish gentleman. He <laughs> is terrifying looking. If AI turns evil and takes the shape of a child, that's what he would look like. Yes. <laughs> or the shape of a 24-year-old man. But yes. You don't know because it's AI. That's true. You that's can never true. trust AI. That's what Linda Hamilton taught me in this movie. No, wait. It was Terminator. My bad. <laughs> Mother of the future. I know. Anyway. <laughs> So everyone dies except he, the the narrator and his sister live because they're children. And he introduces the idea that this is when his sister started drawing pictures. And it implies that she has... Of the future. Yeah, she's precognitive, basically. Like, she, yeah. she's psychic. She can tell the future through crayons. <laughs> Which, to be honest, is a layer that's, like, not super necessary in this movie. A hundred percent no. But are you talking about Stephen King? So we're gonna throw in, like, 18 fucking things that we don't need. Yes. It's one of those things where... And I know people love him, but, like... This is a problem. He, he packs has, a though. lot into a book. Well, this is a short story, too, right? So he packs a lot into his short stories. The only uh, purpose this serves is it saves their life because Isaac doesn't want to kill them because she has the gift of sight or whatever. <laughs> right. But like it doesn't really play into it that where like someone sees a drawing and realizes what's going to happen and thwarts Isaac and Malachi. Nothing like that happens, right? It's just there and then it comes up a few times and that's it. Yeah, because by the time she finishes drawing something, it's like over. Like it takes like her happening. that long yeah. to draw shit. Well, it's almost like she starts the drawing when it starts happening. Like she's not so much like yes. uh, telling the future as she is telling the present. <laughs> right. The present when she's not there right. somehow. Yeah. She's also like five. So she has like no insight, even if she can see the future of how this could help someone. She like draws Limbo Hamilton being kidnapped like two yeah. minutes before. And then she's like, here's your drawing. It's what just happened to you. I should have told you 10 minutes ago, but I'm a child. I don't fucking know. Right. <laughs> I should have told you when I got the idea to draw this, but I took 10 minutes drawing it. And during that time, they came and kidnapped you. I could not find the purple I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this is where we get the credits, basically. Yes. Yeah. That reminds me like a story from work. One of my coworkers brought in her like, five-year-old daughter four-year-old daughter and uh, i was like entertaining her while her mom worked and she was like we we're like picking on each other as you do and she's like you mean <laughs> ugly, like the beast and i was like oh are you like bell i was like let me draw you and i'm like i'm a terrible artist <laughs> so i draw this like hideous bell like princess with like mean face and like and i was like this is what you look like and then i like, put her name at the top i gave it to her 
And she's like, I hate this drawing so much and I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're describing, like you're positioning it like this funny interaction you had with a child. And I'm 100% sure that child actually hates you. No, yeah. no, no, no. She, we, were, we were cool. We were cool. She drew me. We were doing contests of who could draw uglier pictures of each other. It was really funny. Did she just take a, a picture with her phone? Because that oh. would be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the ugliest picture I could ever draw and takes a picture of you. Be like, oh, you little bitch. <laughs> oh, no, that's so mean. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't say that. I'm just saying it would be funny. Like if it was a movie, I'd laugh. Anyway, we hung them all up on the work fridge, so it's pretty funny. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, I want you need to take a picture of that and show us. Oh, wait, you're probably not going back <laughs> in the office for like two weeks, so don't worry about it. Right. So speaking of drawings on the fridge, uh, this movie basically tells the entire story of the movie via her drawings during the credits of the movie. Yeah, it is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So if you've seen it before, you're like, oh, they're giving it all away. I mean, wait, which is like the only way it's used because she doesn't ever mention any of this shit's about to happen <laughs> right so anyway we cut from the credits to a motel where linda hamilton wakes up this doctor dude and i don't know about you guys but even if it is my birthday if somebody blew like a noisemaker near my ear to wake me up they're getting a fist to the face like i would be very upset i'd be like you couldn't like gently wake me up and then like as i come to celebrate or something like that you had to be annoying i don't know that i would have been able to control it i think i just would have swung and like what happens happens <laughs> oh it probably would have scared me yeah yeah i don't understand how he got little linda hamilton in this whole deal oh you think she's too hot for him no he like did the noisemaker thing to her no she did she it did to, to him. him yeah that's right i wouldn't have morning sex with her like he did he didn't yeah he did not put out yeah that's why she's mad in the car no, i thought it like faded away after she was doing her like little striptease thing and honestly that striptease it was not a striptease it was her doing half of a music video that like yeah. when i was watching i was like this was cute for like three seconds and i really needed to end yeah like oh there's a second verse oh <laughs> oh no yeah and it's a song that like i don't immediately recognize no, and so no i'm just what like what is this? You could have told me that that was like a Linda Hamilton free association. And I'd have been like, wow, she's a really good improvist. I would have wanted to see some Kim Cattrall free jazz association. <laughs> and, and that would have distracted me. And I would have had to go to YouTube for a second. But yeah. yeah. So like, why are they driving? Did it say? Yeah. Yes. Mikey, Mikey did you watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it was late. Like for the audience. Let's pretend. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's, Paige, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's clearly. Mikey is just making sure that everyone knows why they were driving. So maybe we yeah. should explain to quote quote unquote Mikey. I play the role of audience surrogate. <laughs> sure. Anyway, so within the scene, we do find out it's his birthday and she gives him a bagel with a candle in it. Love that. Thought it was cute. And yeah. also gives him an engraved, a gold engraved cigarette lighter, even after he says he doesn't want to marry her. Which is nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're way more committed to smoking than you are to Linda Hamilton. He's addicted to smoking, not love. I thought it was insane because he literally, she's like, what do you want for your birthday? And he goes, happy ever after. And she goes, is that a proposal? And he's like, oh, no, get off of me. No, like, it's alone. so wild. I wouldn't marry her either. There's like easily 1,700 easier, better, more fun, sexier ways to wake a man up from sleep than. That's true. But 
they have to get on the road, which is why they don't have morning sex, because he is a new attending physician at a clinic. And it's not entirely clear where the clinic is. They keep saying Seattle, but they're only like part of the way there. And so unless they're just like breakneck pace driving all the way through. Yeah, we have to be there in four days. We don't have time for morning sex. Yeah. Well, and I'm like Nebraska. I, I feel like if you were going to Seattle, you'd probably be driving more north. Like it depends on where you're driving from. If you were coming from like the south. Yeah. If they're coming from the south, yeah, I mean, true. you're going yeah. up that angle. Also, he's a doctor. Why aren't they flying? Because he's not a doctor yet. I thought I got the impression that he was like going to do his fellowship in Seattle. So no, he's attending is someone done with residency. Oh, yeah, is he it? is done with residency yeah. and he has a bunch of new patients. But it, it almost implies that he's like a bad doctor who kills children. <laughs> no, that he's like taking over a practice. Is he a pediatrician? Because oh, okay. I would make this story work better. Oh, my God. I, I don't know. It doesn't say. It just says that he has a bunch of patients to see on monday so like he already has appointments set up you know what it is he's probably like i don't want to offend anyone but he's probably like a chiropractor which is like <laughs> it does say that he's a medical doctor he's an md because right. that's what it says on the gold but like that's what like they consider themselves as but like you know they're not yeah but as far as like degree that's what it says on the lighter she gives him is md so okay, he's okay, just okay. gotten his md he's licensed i'll just stack stack it up to stephen king Really inventing an overly complicated backstory for no reason. Yeah. I think it's Stephen King not understanding how doctors work, maybe. Um, but also trying to have it both ways of like having them be AKA from the city. And that's why they're going to Seattle. But also having him take over what seems to be like a private practice. Okay. Yeah. Like a tiny one in a tiny town where he would already have appointments. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't really pay attention until they ran over that child. Yeah, we know. <laughs> That's super clear, Mikey. Yeah. I feel like you paid attention during the kid murder scene four minutes in, and then we're on your phone until they ran over that child. I mean, you couldn't even really tell as Linda Hamilton until she exposes that shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Wait, do you have the same affliction that Paige does and you can only identify women by shoulders? I couldn't see her teeth until she stripped teeth. <laughs> they call it a strip teeth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was thinking about trying to make a new game and I ran out of time, uh, but I wanted to see if Mikey could identify people from one tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would hate if I even got one of those right. I, here's what's crazy given last time. I think you're going to get multiples. I know, right? I know. Because you're a fucking serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> we played on a, one of our Patreon videos. Yeah. Paige made a game where I identify celebrities by their teeth and I did very well. Almost a perfect score. You got people who like weren't technically celebrities. Like you were like, yeah. oh, that's Casey Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, that, that is where I got very concerned. <laughs> Not only Casey Anthony, the the, the, the Theranos, Theranos lady, girl. Elizabeth Holmes. Like, oh, that's you got that Elizabeth girl who ran Holmes. that startup into the ground. Yeah, the Theranos, yeah. not Sonos. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can only imagine the porn Mikey watches. It's got to be like attractive mm. women slowly taking off their Invisaligns, like or just uh, like uh, real time uh, tooth uh, cleanings. Uh, uh. <laughs> I don't know that. They don't like do that for me. I don't. Mikey, there's a new dental hygienist at my dentist office who I think you'd be super into. Look, that really speaks to me because I had braces between 15 and like 16. And like they were all very attractive dental hygienists. And like a lot of chemicals got released because of I was just like I would just be like. 
Hi, I'm Michael. Fifteen <laughs> 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 year old Michael's now my new favorite character on this show. <laughs> uh, Hi, I'm Michael. Wasn't really good at talking uh, to the ladies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I find that hard to believe, Mikey. Also, in retrospect, that dentist must have been I don't know. He only there was like it was just like tins everywhere. I was just like, what is this? A dentist knows how to hire, man. My dentist is a woman, but I do think you'd be into this dental hygienist. Because a dental hygienist would be your like perfect woman has great teeth all the time because mm-hmm, they're super mm-hmm. like into that and knows how to clean your teeth mikey just sit back and relax while i scrub them teethers <laughs> <laughs> i've always wanted to date like a hairstylist so they would wash my hair and do the like do the the scalp massage. i do like having my hair washed like that's yeah. a real thing yeah that's a really mm-hmm. intimate thing that I would like a partner to do for me. It is. And last time I did it, I looked up and I was like, Matt, you're doing a great job. Because <laughs> Matt is the guy who cuts my hair. And he was doing nice. a great job. But it did feel weird. <laughs> but Mikey, my dental hygienist, like, she would be your type, Mikey. I think she's way too young, though. The one in high school looked like Terry Hatcher. And she was like, was like mixing the bowl. And it was just like, I was just like, oh, <laughs> like, I've got to go home. <laughs> Do you have a bib that covers my lower half as well? (laughs) (laughs) We are way off track. Back to the episode. So they're driving. Yes. So they are driving across the country. Right. I didn't know that boy's name was country. (laughs) They haven't. Dude, that's like another 20 minutes from now. Is it? Like that's like four scenes from now. Yes. But it's still funny because I didn't know his name was country after you saying he's driving across country. I'm leaving that shit in. I th- okay, I thought they get up, they start driving, they kill this kid. No, there's like four scenes in between it, Mikey. It's They don't hit that kid till almost 30 minutes into the film. Yeah. Did I watch the movie? I don't, I don't know, know Mikey. Did you? I thought I did. What? Well, what happens? Yeah, okay. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, that's what she does. She's going to tell us. I'm going to tell you. So it intercuts between the car and the town. In the car, they're kind of just talking about nothing for most of this 30 minutes. But then it cuts back and forth to the things happening while they're driving. So Joby and Sarah and Joseph, who is the kid that they eventually hit, are running through the town with a suitcase, kind of trying to sneak Joseph out. He tells them he's going to come back for them. He promises. And Sarah is just like, but we don't like it here. Please take us with you. Yeah. And he doesn't. He runs. Meanwhile, this is where we get the first kind of like info about Isaac and Malachi, where allegedly, according to Sarah, Isaac doesn't let them do anything. And Joseph is like, just don't tell anyone I'm gone. Basically, you hide until I get away. And she says, you're not going to run through the corn, are you? And he's like, yes, that's the fastest way toward the highway. And so he takes off through the corn. Which They don't really talk about this, but like the fact that she says you're not going to run through the corn, are you, leads me to believe that something will hurt him if he does that. Why not take the long way to the highway if you know like that even if it's just Malachi, I mean, we find out at the end of this movie that there actually is like a demon in the corn or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like I extra would not go through the corn, but even if it was just Malachi with a knife, I'd be like, I'll walk the long way around. It's fine. Well, I think he'd be out in the open if he walks the long way around. I guess that's true. And Malachi would just come get him there. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, he'd just come get him there. I mean, the corn made sense to me, even though I like 
know what's going to happen. But yeah. Anyway, so he runs through the corn toward the highway. Meanwhile, on the highway, Bert and Vicky are trying to find something on the radio and they keep finding this like fire and brimstone yeah. preacher and they're kind of making fun of him. Do you notice that on the dashboard in these shots before they hit the kid, you see the, uh, the Stephen King book, The Night Shift? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, was that one of your fun facts? Yes, it was. Shit, I'm sorry, Paige. I surprisingly did <laughs> not fine. notice. Yeah. I. Uh, but that, that's where Children of the Corn is, the short story is, right? Yeah. And a bunch of like Lawnmower Man's in there and a bunch of other ones are in there a too. A bunch of stuff Lawnmower is in there, Man yeah. is a bonkers ass movie that we should yes, do at some point. I'm going to make all the telephones ring at once. Ugh. I've never seen it. Well, he becomes a robocaller. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him. He's always asking me about my extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's setting up for maximum overdrive. <laughs> anyway, so he's running through the corn and we hear like giggling voices like children giggles and yeah. we do get a close-up of a corn spider yeah which i did not like which that would stop me from running through corn yeah i run faster <laughs> well it depends like are you already halfway through the corn like is the fastest route out of the corn to continue through the corn then i would run yeah but then the music changes to it sounds almost like duel of the fates from star wars <laughs> but it's kids voices it's not like yes. a choir of like the philharmonic <laughs> or some shit yeah it's like kids yeah. singing yeah. creepy shit yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which, if I'm going to duel an evil kid, I want all of the other evil kids to sing <laughs> Duel of the Fates in the background. I'm not entirely sure that's not what happened. <laughs> because, like, the, it's the same music for the rest of, of the movie. Yeah, it's kind of like music box background. And then kid choir just like, yeah, yeah. And you're just like, what is happening? And there's like one recorder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's the only instrument kids know how to play. Yep. You know who should have done the soundtrack to this movie? Who? Corn. <laughs> I don't think there was a corn as we know it. I don't yet. think there was either. But I do think the build up and oh fuck, I can't remember the name of the song. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. The of, and now I can't. That that song, right? And then yeah, right yeah, before yeah, Malachi yeah. stabs the kid, go. Go! That part, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but just seeing my like, little boy's like, go! <laughs> it's kids doing that the, part. The yeah. kids bought version <laughs> of corn. Yeah. I think the kids bought version of that is just Hanson. <laughs> Oom bop, 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 <laughs> I have a lot of corny jokes for this episode. Oh, yeah, Mikey. Same. I have a lot of puns written into my notes. Yeah, well, listen, I am all ears for your corny oh. jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it begins. Oh, my God. Anyway, so, so we get the thing that makes me laugh way too hard in this scene is as he's running. It's like this dramatic music and we just get intense close-ups of corn. Yes. As if it's evil, but it's just corn. Well, in this shot, it's just evil, but there's a full-on grown adult corn fight scene later on in this movie. So Yes, and I was never happier to have subtitles on than I was during that scene. And that's why I sent you two like, the screenshots this morning. <laughs> Oh man, corn moaning corn or scream. whatever. Yeah. yeah, no, corn scream. I'll, I'll have to look at them when we get to it. Yeah, but. yeah, let's table until we get uh, there, but they are hilarious. Anyway, so we do see Malachi's hand with the knife, and we see that Joseph gets stabbed. 
and blood spills onto the suitcase. Meanwhile, back on the highway, they're trying to figure out where they are and where they should stop. And they see a sign for Gatlin. But Vicky notices that it's not on the map. And Bert's like, what do you mean it's not on the map? And as they're looking at the map, they look up just in time to see Joseph in the road and they hit him full ass force. <laughs> they do. Like they don't even try and break until after the body's under the back wheel. <laughs> yeah. It was very graphic. I was, it was. very surprised. I mean, it's also yeah. very clear. It's like a doll, right? It's like a big life-size doll. But man, this is inappropriate. But I laughed out loud. I, I was like, holy oh, yeah. shit. I forgot it happened because it had been a minute since I saw this movie. And I was cackling to myself. And I realized between this and Pet Cemetery, like Steve. Stephen King is a thing for kids getting run over. Yeah. Controversial opinion. This is just my opinion and my theory. Do you think he's maybe hit some kids with cars and just like. <laughs> this is him like working out his trauma with murdering children with his car. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it happens so often. It does. I'm not it saying it's books. a pattern, but it's a pattern. It is a pattern. This is a real answer. I know you guys are joking. So this is like a shitty yes and. So I apologize. Oh, yeah. I don't think Stephen King is a murderer, although I do think that would be a great movie if Stephen King was played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> no, I, I, Stephen King in an interview said he writes stuff that scares him. And I will admit, hitting a child with your car is fucking scary. Yes, it is. I mean, that that actually does make sense because, I mean, he has children. And so perhaps worrying for Mm -hmm. the well-being of his children is scary. And that's why he writes it. That makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Yeah, it does make sense. It's not as much fun as him being a murderer. So that's what I'm going (laughs) to choose to believe. (laughs) (laughs) I I do like our alternate reality canon about it. I will admit, there's no way that's true. But I like it. No, I will say, (laughs) he did write a guy. Guy who handles murdering a child accidentally very well. Well, okay. Well, let's let's get to that because that happens almost immediately, right? Like, cause yes, he walks over to that body. He's like Linda Hamilton. You were driving, right? Because like you know, I got that thing on my record. <laughs> I've been eating rum raisin ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bees—they're everywhere. <laughs> They're ripping our flesh up. Like, yeah, like. But I did need the scene where he like walks up to the body and like notices that the throat has been slit. Where he was just like, oh, thank fuck. He was already yes. dead. Oh, my God. <laughs> because there's no way he's not going to jail forever. Although if I was like a backwater sheriff who didn't really get like a lot of training in how these types of things happen, I would assume his throat got slit by the bumper and that dude's still going to jail forever. It could 100% still got slit by the bumper. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and here, okay, this is, ooh, dark opinions. Welcome back to Paige's Dark Dark Opinions. opinions. I like this. I I think if he hadn't noticed that the throat was slit, he was just going to leave the body. (laughs) <laughs> so, okay this 100%. is no joke this is no joke i literally thought he was gonna drag the body into the corn and drive away yeah and just be like it's yours now corn <laughs> take of this our offering oh one who walks behind the rose this this is where i started losing it because he takes the body with him he doesn't yeah. show the farmer like this is why it's important that this is like yeah like I killed it. This I found a child dead on the road. Like, yeah, like he doesn't even mention it to the farmer guy. He's just like, "What town's closest? Nice weather we're having." Oh, you mean the mechanic? Yeah, it is pretty nuts. You're right. Well, I think if he had showed the mechanic, like I, I, I think that would have put the mechanic in a difficult spot because he does lie to them about the other town. And I'll get to that in fun facts a little bit. Well, that mechanic is in cahoots with the children. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, that is pretty clear when he dies. Yeah. And so I think he would have been hard pressed to still pretend like nothing was going on after seeing that. Like he wouldn't have had a good explanation. Yeah. But I'm just saying it was pretty guilty looking for the doctor not to. Also, he puts that very bloody dead body on top of their luggage. Yeah. So like, and their clothes and shoes in the trunk. Yeah. I'm just like, every piece of clothing you have is covered in blood now. <laughs> but if you've murdered before, it's way easier to get rid of the luggage than get the DNA out of the trunk. Why? If you've murdered before, leave the kid in the corn. No one would be able to tell it was you. 100%. But he likes to take trophies, I guess. I don't know. He's <laughs> a big ass trophy. He's a product killer, not a process killer, Paige. That, that is what that is called. <laughs> yep. But anyway, so he like checks the body and then he gets like a blanket out of the trunk and throws it over the body. But Linda Hamilton just like falls asleep in the car while he's doing this. Like if I had just been in the passenger seat while Mikey ran over a child, I would not be able to take a nap. Yeah, you'd be helping Mikey drag the child into the corn. Yeah. I mean, I would be helping Mikey drag the, uh, the body into the corn because I know I'm at least an accessory. At this point. Yeah. And that's the kind of friend I am, Mikey. I don't want any part. Like, I would call 911. I would, too. 100%. Especially once I realized his throat was slit. I'd be like, officer, we found this body like this. And Mikey's, like, scrubbing the bumper of the car. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the the second cell phones come into play, this movie falls apart. Oh, yeah, right? Like, absolutely. (laughs) Unless they just don't have service. Now, I do think there's an alternate reading of this film. And there's some pieces of the original story that kind of suggest this that this is kind of like another Stephen King story called In the Tall Grass where the town of Gatlin and the fields around it are deliberately trapping them. Yeah. Kind of like the ritual where it's like the woods have trapped you inside though. Like there's no option for them to get out. There'd be no service. It is they are in a supernatural environment. And operating within it. And I think that's a fair reading of the movie. I think a version like that, that really kind of leans into that a little bit more would be even scarier. It's not super clear in this, but I think if you were to remake this today, that's how you get around cell phones is they just don't have service. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, so they put the body in the trunk and they decide to try and drive. But before they do, Bert loads him up and then decides to go kind of check the area because for witnesses a no witnesses <laughs> but b <laughs> he's like i gotta kill all these snitches I gotta, yeah gotta kill all these corn spiders the throat's <laughs> been slit and s- recently enough that whoever did it is nearby yeah which like at that point i'm like fucking drive away like yeah i think he said within four minutes right like blood congeals yeah. in four minutes or whatever and it was not congealed yeah he knows a lot about that Yeah, clearly there is something out there stalking them. Right. Oh, God. I love it. You're welcome, Mikey. I've got so many of these locked and loaded. That's a little little kernel of truth for you. God, can you imagine the shits in this town if all they're eating is corn? Just be crapping out whole cobs. (laughs) Anyway, he grabs the tire iron out of the car. And as he walks into the corn to look around, we see that Malachi comes out of the corn to kind of look around the car. I thought that was a cool, creepy shot. It is a very cool, creepy shot. What I don't understand is how... Linda Hamilton doesn't notice him around because she's oh, asleep. She's the worst. Instantly, like instantly asleep. Yeah, she's narcoleptic. I mean, that's the only explanation at this point. <laughs> it's narcolepsy. Yeah. Yeah. At one or a head injury, 
Maybe she is concussed. That could be. She may have hit her head on the dash when he slammed on the brakes. I was disappointed in her character in this movie. I mean, I mean, yeah, because I wanted Linda Hamilton from Terminator 2. <laughs> right? I wanted anyone with agency. Where she's just like cocking a gun made of corn. <laughs> she's doing pull-ups on corn stalks. I'm here for that. That would be amazing. She gets corn napped and she is not even a damsel distress. He just fucks off and like goes and does his own thing. Yeah, he does not try to save her after she gets <laughs> no, corn napped. Not at all. Not at all. That's, I mean, he doesn't want to marry her. And at the end of the day if you're with someone you don't want to marry and they get kidnapped and you have to risk your life to save them guess what you're not going to do mikey yeah, exactly Tom. <laughs> it's ghosting <laughs> that's where the phrase derives from Paige, because <laughs> they're getting turned into a ghost and you couldn't be fucked you're like i can't be bothered to fix this no because he has a debilitating corn addiction. <laughs> he spends half of his life on corn hub. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, just playing with his cob. <laughs> corn hub should be the name of this town. Like yeah. Gatlin, colon, corn hub. Anyway, what I don't understand is Linda Hamilton gets out and walks around the car and doesn't see malachi so he must be like in and out of the corn isn't that a part of her dream one of them is a dream okay i honestly don't know where the dream started and stopped well i know where it stops but i don't know where it started yeah so they decide that they are going to proceed to whatever the nearest town is and malachi retreats back into the corn meanwhile back in the town so this is how I read this movie is that he's okay. not really a doctor. They're like a Bonnie and Clyde-esque criminals going across the country killing people. And at the end, they're going to murder those two children they take with them from Gallup. I love when Mikey does his headcanon backstories that are always like insane. <laughs> they're my favorite because, Mikey, we don't have any evidence that what you're saying is not true. Does he not seem excited to try to fight and kill a lot of these children? I mean, I would be too. Like, that sounds great. <laughs> but at the end of the movie, I think he's begrudgingly taking those two children with them. He's like, they could stay with us for a week, right, honey? Wink, wink, wink. wink, wink and I was wink, like, wink. oh, he's putting a timeline on their lives. Yes. <laughs> I do think if Mikey was in this situation, as soon as he realized the kids were evil, he'd be like, fuck yes. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we get a Shaun of the Dead level montage scene where he's like raiding barns and finding like rakes and hoes and shit to kill kids with. I would just need one machete. And then I would go to town square. And they'd be like, outsider. And I'd be like, right it's, here. First of all, it's Outlander, Mikey. What how the dare fuck? You. you interloper. How dare you not get it right? <laughs> outlander. We, we have your joke. <laughs> I was like, when did this become Mad Max? I was like. <laughs> um, excuse me, Mad Maze. <laughs> I just need someone to go into that scene where he's holding Linda Hamilton hostage in the town square. And instead of Linda Hamilton, he like has Claire from Outlander. <laughs> I'd have lost my shit. That'd have been great. That would have been, I would have been like, wow, I need to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Mad Maze. So Job and Sarah are in their old house playing Monopoly and they do not understand capitalism, which will not serve them well once they exit Corntopia. Fun fact about Monopoly, the person who originally made it made it as an anti-capitalistic game and then the Milton brothers bought it and changed some of the rules to it and now it is a pro-capitalistic game. This doesn't surprise me at all. 
Yeah. He did sell it, which is kind of against the whole idea of what he was doing. It was actually a she and the whole thing around it is pretty dirty. Like they were like I'm I'm pretty sure she was probably tricked out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like if I know the Milton brothers. Oh, because she's a woman? No, because the no, Milton brothers just were because terrible of the era. People. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll just yeah. cut that out. I, was just like, I wish I had time to cut things, Mikey, but I don't. There's no cuts in this episode. <laughs> no cuts! The same kind of thing happened uh, with Ouija boards and a couple other games where, yeah. like, other smaller companies had, like, a hit on their hands. And yeah. 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 Anyway, so they're playing Monopoly, and who should show up but Malachi? <laughs> he hates Monopoly. He's like a true believer in this cult. Because it is a cult, right? We can call it a cult. Absolutely, yeah. this is a cult. <laughs> It just happens that this like cult is around a real demon, right? Instead of like most cults that are like made up. Yeah. Anyway, so they're playing Monopoly in walks Malachi. We cut back to the car where Linda Hamilton is like, do you think it could have been farm equipment? And he's just like, no, somebody slit his throat. Yeah, it was us. We killed him. Yeah. A.K.A. by somebody, I mean our bumper. (laughs) We murdered this child. Also, his throat may have been cut a little bit, but like he was still walking until we ran him over. (laughs) (laughs) He does say he was dead when he walked out into the street. I'm like, he's walking. Think about that logic jump here. (laughs) Like he it would take him a, a bit to bleed out. Dead boy walking. I think what he meant by he was dead when he walked into the street was he that he would have died regardless. Well, yeah, because he was going to run him over. Yeah. I guess <laughs> they'll have to wait until he sees the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mikey. Anyway, we cut to Malachi takes them to Isaac and there's still smatterings of voiceover throughout this movie, which yeah. is bonkers. And this is one of them. It's weird. Anyway, this is how Isaac finds out that Sarah sees the present slash the future in her crayon drawings. I think it's more the present than anything yeah. else. She has already drawn the whole movie. She's just not a good communicator. Yeah. <laughs> she has it storyboarded in her like flip book, but she hasn't shown anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, well, if they go back to her house and have her explain it, she's just like push in on a car traveling down a prior <laughs> interior, <laughs> the corn church. Yeah. Anyway. So we cut back to the car where they're like, I think we should open his suitcase. And so Sarah Connor reaches back and opens the crime scene because like it's covered in blood. No, it's totally natural (laughs) to just like shovel a kid into your trunk after you finish him off. (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, yeah, he did finish him off for sure. Because there's I mean, there's Mm -hmm. no way he was dead when he got hit by a car. Like he has to have been thinking as that car was running him over. Man, this has got to be like my worst day. (laughs) <laughs> i think you're wondering how i got here to the middle of the road <laughs> it's kind of a crazy story cut to three weeks earlier <laughs> three weeks earlier i yes. knew i know losing the spelling bee would lead to this <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't spell cornucopia and malachi threw me out except if you zoom in on his hand it's just uh a crayon picture of him being murdered with a knife and run over by a car. And he's like, now I know what the picture means. Well, okay, let's let's get into it because they don't talk about it a ton in the movie, but it is a thing in the story. She did draw a picture of his death yeah, and she did. didn't show him. Because she's a dick. No, because, well, in the book, it's explained as she wanted to hope that this is the one time she was wrong. Oh, okay. 
Big gamble. Yeah, I that's think. a huge gamble. She just did not really care about this kid's life at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one did. <laughs> and then um, in the movie, there's just kind of an exchange between her and Joby where it's it's understood that she knew ahead of time. Yeah. Or at least in the present. Anyway, back in the car, Linda Hamilton finds a corn suffix in... <laughs> I love the corn suffix. It's my favorite. I don't like it. And for a real dumb reason, it's the same reason I don't like holes, but it's because there's missing pieces of corn and it's not uniform. Oh man, Paige, uh. it looks like it's a hot dog cross where they put <laughs> corn on it. So like in my yeah. mind, I was like, this is a corn dog cross and I'm here for it. I would eat a corn dog cross. Children of the corn dog would be... <laughs> That's every kid I've ever seen at a state fair. If you are opening a horror-themed food truck called Children of the Corn Dog. Holy shit, Paige. Hell yeah. I would do that. Like, if we ever got yeah. big enough that we had enough extra money to do, like, a food truck, I would yes. 100% do a Children of the Corn Dog food truck. Yeah, Children of the Corn Dog. And you <laughs> you name it after stuff in the movie, but it'll be like hot dog on a stick where you can also get like fried cheese on a stick and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. You would have all the different plethora of corn dogs to choose from, right? You'd have right. mini corn dog. You'd have spicy corn dogs. Mm -hmm. You'd have bacon, cheddar, jalapeno corn dogs. But you would name them after like like yes. a mini corn dog would definitely be Isaac. Like, uh, right. you know, like, or, or just like the corn cult. And it's just a like a basket of mini corn. Dogs oh, yeah. Because they're all children. Except except that I I would make them all have like evil faces with teeth like carved into the <laughs> why was i sure that yours were gonna have teeth wow <laughs> no, but like they have like evil culty faces on them yeah i like it i think he who walks behind the road should be pigs in a blanket because it's like <laughs> under the soil the blankets are like the yeah, road yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 yeah 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 i like this i like this a lot or pigs in a blanket should be joseph the one who got hit and then is wrapped in a blanket and put in the trunk of that car. With just ketchup going out of the ends. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he served. He served with yeah. ketchup just coming out of his neck. With a toy car. <laughs> yeah. And then the Malachi is just like a corn dog dipped carrot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep fried carrot is all that is. Yeah. That orange. sounds disgusting, but I'd try it. <laughs> I'd try a deep fried carrot. Oh, yeah. It's tempura and it's classy. <laughs> oh. I didn't realize that Children of the Corn Dog was a five star food truck establishment. <laughs> Outlander! <laughs> we have your tempura! That is, and that's how we call your uh, order. We'd be like, uh, Stephen Outlander, we have your Malacorn Dog on <laughs> Whatever. I just don't know <laughs> if Children of the Corn is popular enough to make a restaurant out of it. Nonsense. You're <laughs> Stop being ridiculous. Everyone would love that. Yeah. People are going to have full-blown corn addictions. <laughs> See, I would go it, and then we would. it would be like an ice cream truck and it would be like we all have floats down here <laughs> yes yes I think we're missing the clear combo idea which is just a Stephen King themed restaurant yes and the, there's a whole section of floats of we yeah. all floats down here and yeah. a bunch of different kinds of we're floats. gonna have to brick and mortar this up because we have too many ideas for one food truck and they would be served with like a doll's arm <laughs> attached to it <laughs> just tiny red balloons Coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm a genius. 
I may have to cut this out of the episode because I I'm writing a business proposal right now. <laughs> it would just be like Planet Hollywood with horror stuff. Well, you know how well Planet Hollywood did. <laughs> Could we uh, do a GoFundMe campaign to raise like I don't know two hundred thousand dollars to start this restaurant? I don't know how much it costs to start a restaurant. Way more than two hundred thousand dollars. We could probably start a food truck for two hundred thousand dollars. Listen, if we could crowdfund it, I'd totally hire someone else to do it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Be looking out for that GoFundMe on Patreon. <laughs> okay. So I do like that she pulls out the corn suffix and it's just like, it's repulsive. And in my mind, I was like, it's just corn, lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> she does respond like, ew. And I'm like, it's corn. Calm ew! down. Like, she's like, someone must be stalking me. <laughs> I mean, yes. And I someone always is. feel like corn bodies watching me. I think it's Malachi. Whoa. Anyway, so they come upon the mechanic who is currently working on cars and his dog is bringing him wrenches, which is kind of great. Uh, but they pull in and he's like, I don't have any gas or diesel and you can't, I don't have a telephone. And I don't have a bathroom. So basically leave. You should go to Hemingford, which is 19 miles away. And... He also tells them that stay away from Gatlin because they're very religious and they don't have phones. And they're like, okay. You mean like Amish people? Like I I would have so many (laughs) questions like because this is in the 80s and it takes place present day. Amish people still have phones. Do they? Yeah. Fun fact. One of the first school shootings was in an Amish community and someone had to run all the way to like the one place they had a landline and make the phone, make the phone call about it. Oh, okay. Interesting. Now it's, it's not like the first, but it, an early one. Yeah. I remember that early. one. Yeah. It's a really interesting case. So they do have a phone, I guess for emergencies you'd want, well, that makes sense, I guess, but I'd imagine the rank and file Amish household doesn't have a phone though. No. And they often cement in their toilets. I'm sorry. What does that even mean? Okay, so sometimes Amish people will buy pre-made houses sure. or like new development houses because that that's just kind of the way life is and, and maybe that was the cheapest way for them to buy land, who knows. But they will then also build usually a latrine or an outhouse on the property and then pour cement down the toilet so people don't use it. It's not super crazy common, but it does happen. I We did what? a ton of Amish research for an episode oh, way sure. back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like... That was one of the things we were like, what? why the cement in the toilet? Yeah, why not just shit in your house? I don't know. That sounds like someone I know from a very particular movie that we just did that really wanted to bone that dude in the outhouse right after he took a shit. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember the name of that movie. Blood Diner. <laughs> it was Dead Snow. <laughs> it was Dead Snow. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Remember when she took that shit on that ski lift? <laughs> <laughs> I think she did a one, not a two page. She went full Maggie Gyllenhaal from Secretary. Mm, anyway, so uh, they try to drive to Hemingford, but it seems like even though they've made turns, it just takes them in a circle back to Gatlin. Which it's like the guy said, the guy that they met at that gas station or whatever said, just go straight on this road. It's 19 miles. You turn right, literally right there. You could see it. It's like you turn right, right yeah. there and then go straight for 19 miles. You'll be there. And they keep turning so much so that they end up driving in a cornfield well here's the other thing i think because they do make the turn for hemingford they do yeah we see that i think there's one of two things happening either the signs have been changed to specifically lead people to gatlin yes or the demon is real and is controlling what they're doing right exactly yeah Yeah. which i get like that's fine like both of those equally make as much sense to me and i I, it's fine it didn't bother me (laughs) or anything (laughs) so 
Meanwhile, as they leave, the mechanic is like, hey, I never told them anything. I kept our bargain just like always. And his dog kind of barks after them and runs off as he's kind of looking around his little like gas station mechanic shop because we keep seeing doors opening and closing like something's kind of hunting him. Yeah. He finds his dog's bloody bandana, which is super sad. I mean, like, I'm glad we don't see them kill the dog, but it's also very sad. Yeah. And then it's implied that they kill him as well. Oh, I think we see his dead body, right? No, we don't. And I have notes about that in Fun Facts. Oh, really? I thought like we saw him laying dead with the bandana in his hand. Mm-mm. Okay. That was headcanon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you might as well. Like, it tells you everything but that, basically. Yeah. So they're driving through the corn, and there's this really funny part where, like, the car hits a bump, and so the body in the trunk makes a noise because it, yeah. like, kind of thumps around. And for a hot second, Linda Hamilton's like, what's that? And He's like, it's my golf bag. And I'm like, does she not realize there's a body back there? <laughs> she doesn't. I don't think she knows they are transporting a dead child in their trunk. I have Who no idea. Who is still in there when they drive off with two other children? Well, they don't drive off because the car doesn't work. They have to walk. Oh, they, they did leave the dead child behind. They did. That dead child is buried in that car now. Like no one's ever going to find that kid. That's where he yeah. lives forever. Now. Well, they might have killed that other girl. There might be two dead children in that car. There might be. And no one's going to find it until they excornvate that car. <laughs> There's so much corn in this movie. Oh, uh, yes. Anyway, they decide at this point that they're just going to go to Gatlin since it's closer. And we cut out to the field where Isaac is making a speech about basically how they killed Joseph and how the Outlanders are coming and they need to sacrifice both of them. So they need them to bring the Outlanders to him. Meanwhile, Vicky and Bert get to town and it is deserted. They find Hanson's cafe and it's just Full of corn and rats and secret teens. I thought it was nuts that the corn like invaded the buildings and stuff. Like there's corn stalks all over the buildings. I was like, what is happening? Like, are they taking corn and like duct taping it to like the walls? Like what? Why? What is happening? I always thought the kids were putting the corn places. Yeah. But then I was like, maybe they're not because it appears so quickly. (laughs) Yeah, I think they were just in the corners. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I mean, I do think they're decorn rating. <laughs> That's what it is. The kids are just decorn rating the town. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on board for that. Yeah. Anyway, they get kind of chased a little bit through the town where they can kind of see that kids are following them, but nobody's really like chasing, chasing them yet. Yeah. And they don't know that those kids are evil. So like, I mean, they should. I mean, yeah. But like the doctor's not full on like, I can beat up these kids and it's fine. So he leaves them alone. Right. Yeah. So they get in the car and they're going to go to Hemingford. But on the way out of town, they stop at Joby and Sarah's house, which I don't know why they stopped. Just fucking dry. Like, anyway. They have a murdered child in their back. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's going to stay murdered. It's not going to be unmurdered. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even check the pulse. If we go back to the tape, he knows what he did with that car he checks his neck yeah you can't really check the pulse when there's an obvious blade wound through where you would normally check the pulse yeah when you can feel the vein like directly (laughs) and you're like oh they're dead yeah when you can see the blood coming out of the vein you would normally put your finger on to check the pulse you could figure they're dead he's not a good person 
He's just not a good person. He's not. Anyway, so they break into this house to try and find a phone, but it's cut. And they hear noises upstairs, and that's where they find Sarah. When he, like, is driving, and then he sees, like, the door close on the house or whatever, he, like, he's yeah. like, no, we're going to go in there. We're going to check it out. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Just, like, why? Leave. Why are you going to go check out this house? Like, none of that made sense to me. Like, go to fucking Haddonfield or whatever the next town over was. Hemingford. Hemingford, whatever. That's fucking funny. <laughs> I could tell because you did not laugh. But yeah, this is where they like bust in and they meet Sarah, who's like upstairs drawing, I think, right? Yeah, and she gives them just enough information for them to not fully understand what's going on. Yeah. Where she's like, no, all the grownups are in the cornfield. Isaac put them there. And so, but she doesn't mention that they're fucking dead or that Isaac is a child preacher. Like, she doesn't give them the right information. She's a bad communicator. Yes. She's also a child, and I get that. But she's, I'm going to say, the villain of this movie. (laughs) I I mean, I would get a bad feeling when she hands me a picture of me being murdered. Yeah. Because she conservatively does that to every character of the film. Yeah. She hands a picture of them being murdered. Some yeah. of them, after they're dead, she hands them to other people. Be like, hey, I drew this picture 30 minutes ago about that kid getting <laughs> murdered now. Too bad you didn't see it then. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Bert decides inexplicably that he's going to leave Sarah at this house and he's going to go to town hall. It makes no fucking sense. But he does say the immortal words. It's weird, but it's safe. It's weird, but it's safe. (laughs) No, it's Mm -hmm. not Bert, you moron. Is it secret? Is it safe? (laughs) So he does. She does ask, like, are we safe? And he says, yes. And I'm like, how would he know? Why would you ask him? Like, He's with you. He has as much info as you do. Yeah. And also, this is like a creepy abandoned town. Like, no, nobody's safe here. You need to leave. He's like, totally. (laughs) I think throughout this whole movie, he is trying to get rid of Linda Hamilton. Oh, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. She's the only witness to his child murder. (laughs) <laughs> there's an explanation for that in fun facts wait there's an explanation for it in fun facts yes oh there my is. god all right let's get through this i, I want to hear these fun facts so he does go to ca- to town hall and there's just, it's just a, a corn explosion in there and yeah. he doesn't find any new information he finds a creepy like jesus picture that's all corned out there's multiple ones yeah. of, of just corned out jesus <laughs> it's so weird it's like they gave a child art supplies and then we're like you have to incorporate corn in some way and they were like oh okay <laughs> Like, because some of them, a bunch of them have corn teeth. Yes. Which I find really funny. It is very strange. Yeah. And I think that's supposed to represent he who walks behind the rose, but like. Oh, I thought it was he who walks behind the rose, just like, like making a joke of Jesus, if that makes sense, because he's a demon and they would naturally hate Jesus, right? Right. I thought the kids made the artwork because it looked so bad, but I could be wrong. (laughs) I thought it was a statement on corn syrup. And the, their teeth falling out. <laughs> this whole movie is definitely a propaganda piece by Big Oil to get us to not use <laughs> ethanol. I mean, I picked up Dang. on that early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ethanol will murder us all. Yep. That was an unfortunate rhyme, but still, it's true. Yep. So we cut back to the house where uh, Sarah Connor has Sarah Child draw a picture of her. <laughs> I forgot the child's name was Sarah. <laughs> yeah. So cor- of course, it's. Of her being kidnapped, yeah, but doesn't warn her anything. But while she's like doing this drawing, we're seeing like kids culminate outside that house that they're in, right? Yeah, and we're seeing people start to secretly kind of follow Bert around yeah. town. Well, because he goes into town hall, right? And they're like right. creeping up behind him too. Right. 
So Malachi and the other kids break into the house and they basically like spirit Sarah Connor back to the to the corn clearing. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bert actually finds like the police station and it's just corned out uh, and he sees a bunch of teens kind of around and he heads back to the house but she's already gone yeah they've already taken her right they've but they left sarah her. and he like I, he doesn't like do he doesn't like hit her or anything but he's like where is she where is she what happened tell me what happened yeah. how'd she get corned how'd she get corned <laughs> that'll be really funny when we eventually watch wicker man so sarah hands him the drawing that shows them abducting vicky and he gets down to the car and it is corned to the max like yeah. it is corned out and we cut to the clearing where Isaac and Malachi have kind of a tiff yeah. where Isaac's like, hey, yo, Malachi, you keep killing a bunch of people and you didn't bring me the husband. Yeah. yeah stop killing people. But it's clear Malachi has like had enough of Isaac's shit. He doesn't do anything about it here, but they're like yeah. clearly at odds with each other. Like, yeah, they're mm-hmm. not doing good. Yeah. It's like a real tiff. So they put Vicky up on a corn cross to be corn crucified. Yeah. Cornified. <laughs> cornified. Uh, we cut to the church where Bert has now kind of run back into town, gets to the church, and we see someone wielding a corn knife and more <laughs> weird corn pictures of Jesus. It was a corn halud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I thought this, this is actually a pretty creepy scene where they're like, they're clearly going to kill this kid, right? Who's like turned yeah, 19 Amos. or whatever. Yeah. But first they're going to fill a corn bowl full of his blood. And drink it, right? Yeah. Like he stops her from drinking it, right? And they should have eaten it with cornflakes. flakes. <laughs> 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 oh. Son of a bitch. I love it so much. Yeah, absolutely. They should have. Then yeah. it would have stopped them from masturbating and being killed by the corn. Oh, demon. my God. Yeah. If you don't know how cornflakes came about, do a little research. And graham crackers. Yeah. Cornflakes and graham crackers. Yeah. I do love graham crackers. They were designed to stop you from masturbating, Mikey. I don't love them more than masturbating. <laughs> I love them so much it makes me want to masturbate. Yeah. So they try to capture Bert. But this is where he ends up arguing with the one like preacher girl and they get in a fight. She stabs him with the corn blade. Yeah. And now he runs, but he gets a full like it's a minute and a half before he starts bleeding through his shirt. I'm like, you stabbed his chest. Yeah. He would be bleeding out like immediately. I mean, he may not die from this wound. I thought they just poked it out a little bit. I, mean, I, I didn't think they, they got him that good. Yeah. Just the tip, you mean? They just corned <laughs> him with the tip? Just the tip. I do love as he's running out of the church, he fully Heisman's a child into a, a church pew. Like he yes. put him on his him. back. I know. I just think it's funny to think about that. That day of shooting, his job was to run out of a church and shove a small child. Love it. So as he runs out, Malachi and his crew are back yelling Outlander like me on a weekend with only Netflix to comfort me. (laughs) And we see now here's what's really interesting as they're chasing him through the town. If you look closely, you can actually see there's a moving car in the background of one of the shots. Oh, really? Oh, I I missed that. But that's hilarious. I spotted it for the first time this time. And I was like, oh, that is a moving car. (laughs) (laughs) The the couple in that car is like, oh, we're not stopping. This is crazy town shit. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, you're on your own. (laughs) So... Uh, Bert runs into one of the stores. Malachi follows him. He grabs a crowbar and like Tanya Harding's Malachi's shin. Yeah. But then immediately can't even run away. Well, like he stands up and like knocks his head. He does run into just like a pole in the barn or whatever and like hits his face. And you hear him. He's like, damn it. 
I was gonna be a gold medalist. Yeah, like it was so funny. If I had done that, I probably would have yelled the same thing. Yeah, but Joby finds him and basically takes him down into the cellar where they're safe. So at that point in the cellar, they basically give him the rundown of like what all is happening. Yeah, like what's for sale? Like what's going on? He gets clued in at this point. Right. Meanwhile, back at the clearing. Malachi returns and he doesn't have him and he wants to take Sarah Connor down off the cross to basically use her as bait. Yeah. And this is where he and Isaac get in a fight. So he has them put Isaac up in her place. Yeah. Which I thought was great. I was like, oh, this small child who is like the quote unquote spiritual leader against this guy who like actually has a knife and is like mm-hmm. a bigger dude. Like they're going to listen to the bigger dude. And everyone immediately turns on Isaac and I was here for it. Oh, yeah. Because I was like this. You know, Isaac has been like yelling at these kids for three years or however long mm-hmm. that this has been going on. And every one of them fucking hate him. So as yep. soon as the biggest kid is like, all right, fuck this kid. Everyone's like, finally. And they put him up on a yeah. corn cross. I was like, oh, I love it so much well we also find out as joby is talking to bert that isaac was like a child preacher of course he was so like he came to the town as a child preacher and that's why everyone listened to him and for the record as someone who has studied many many cults and has encountered a lot of child preachers fuck child preachers yeah never listen to them they're children they're children yeah it does not turn out good ever yeah i'm not saying you take them into a cornfield and put them on a cross but like just don't listen to them yeah 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 yeah. yeah. but also you don't have to not do that like if it comes to that it comes to that true (laughs) yeah anyway so malachi takes vicky out into the town square and this is where he cuts her face and it's the very famous like outlander we have your woman outlander it's so overacted like every child who has to carry any scene in this movie is just chewing scenery the whole time yeah and i loved it like it is like sort of camp. Oh, it's corny. It's like there's a camp factor to this movie that I found very enjoyable. So he doesn't come out to save her. And in part, I don't think he hears them because he's in the cellar. I think they do a good job of explaining that because they show like him yelling close up and it's loud. And then they show like further mm-hmm. away shots and it's quieter. And then that shows like the cellar where they are and he can't hear it at all. He I do think he would all. have come. To just well, I mean, maybe he wouldn't have come. I don't know because he does seem sort of okay with her being taken. He's trying to get rid of the only witness of this child murder. <laughs> yeah, and if he doesn't have to kill her, all the better. But at the end of this movie, he has to kill three people. That's why he's so happy. Like he takes this all well because he's like, oh my god, mm-hmm. this is the best coincidence that has mm-hmm. ever happened. I'm gonna get away with all this. Best vacation yep. ever. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna get to his clinic on monday and they're gonna be like hey how would you drive across country and he's gonna be like honestly it was fucking great yeah me and my girlfriend <laughs> broke up before we can i got this brand new cadaver how do you guys like it <laughs> so he gets joby and sarah to take him to the clearing because that's where they think vicky is and yeah. this is where we're seeing in the clearing they're gonna celebrate amos's 
birthday. So basically the first day of his 19th year. And uh, Isaac is still mad on the cross and screaming. And Joby, Sarah and Bert end up in the farm, like in the barn that overlooks the clearing. So they're kind of watching down on what's going on. But meanwhile, the ceremony in the clearing is starting and Bert goes down into the field to try and get a closer look and picks up yet another crowbar, like 12 different times in this movie. Does somebody find and pick up a crowbar or a wrench? They're just lying everywhere. Yeah, they're just Lucy crowbars everywhere in this place. Yeah, it's like farm farms are just crowbars. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, he ends up near the like irrig- the pump for like the irrigation system and he kind of creeps closer to the clearing. Meanwhile, Isaac is like screaming and it's he's not mm. happy that he's about to get cornified. Oh, the screaming yeah. is awful. It is. It was like if you told him you couldn't play Fortnite anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Mama Kai, why can't I play Fortnite? <laughs> Because you t- stole my credit card, Isaac, and you and you bought a thousand dollars worth of skins in a game that does nothing <laughs> for you, you moron. I don't understand Fortnite. Listen, I made a substantial part of my living for three years playing games on Twitch, like as a partner Twitch streamer. And I thought Fortnite was dumb. And that was like back when Fortnite was big. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it still is big, but like that was when it came on the scene. Anyway, so Amos, the kid who's 18, basically walks out into the corn so that the tremors can take him. Because that's basically what happens is it's like corn tremors. And in my notes, it just says the sandworm devours Amos. But we don't see anything because it's off screen. And it just looks like a real weird, like, fire screensaver that corn explodes all over people. <laughs> Let's pause here, because what I would have done, I would have gone to the combine, turned on the spinning blades, and just driven through it. <laughs> driven through those children and that corn. Yeah. Ten minutes ago. And not worried about it. And my girlfriend, who witnessed me murder a child. <laughs> the and then Mikey and I would have built a baseball diamond, and, you know, yeah. then my dad would have come and played catch with me. You and Corn Tremors versus your dad and zombie <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. Just thinking about like, and I know a huge problem with this movie is budgetary concerns, but thinking about this movie, if it had had a, even a budget that it needed for the time, imagine if this scene had the ending scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Where everybody like melted. imagine if kids are fucking melting on the cross and shit. Like how fucking terrifying would that yeah, shit be? That would have been cool. Just saying. Anyway, so Bert interrupts the ceremony, but just in time to be like, oh shit, it's a real demon. Yeah, like I probably would have run away at that point. Yeah, but they don't. He ends up getting in a fight with Malachi, and then just in my notes I have die for the knife, Brian, because I had been watching the league. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love that. What are we gonna fight with the knife? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking love Rafi, dude. He's Brian, so great. your name is now Kevin. Uh, <laughs> so. Dick Punch. Sorry. If you don't know Jason Manzukis in the league, you are missing the best part of that show. Yeah. So he ends up punching and then backhanding Malachi quite a bit, which is pretty fun because he like punches him and then he just backhands him for a solid minute and a half. Yeah, he like great. gets like Malachi falls to the ground and then he gets on top of him and is just like not haymakering him because his hands are open, but like wide smacks and Malachi's just like face is going side to side like for <laughs> a good three minutes. It's insanely too long. He's a better man than me. I don't know if I would have open handed it. No, you would have closed that fist and just had a time on his face. He would have. Malik died. died. <laughs> like, here are the brains of your champion. Is there no one else? Wait, you would have ripped his brain out? <laughs> that takes a level of beatdown that is uncommon. I'm, I'm on Mikey's side here. I would have pulled a Brad Pitt and Troy 
and just like had body parts of him throwing around and be like, is there no one else? Yeah. And then put the brain in a jar. Yeah. And then put eyes in it. Yeah. Then I could talk to it. And then start a diner. Yeah. A <laughs> vegan diner mm-hmm. with corn based products. <laughs> so meanwhile, zombie Isaac comes back. And he's like, they want you too, Malachi. Oh, man. I was laughing so hard because it sounds ridiculous. Yep. And so he ends up choking and breaking Malachi's neck. One-handed. It's very impressive. But he's clearly got the demon in him, right? Yeah. But it was his right hand and he was like 13. So is it impressive? I mean, it should be. <laughs> if it's a demon, it should be the left hand. Just saying. But, uh, meanwhile, back at the barn, all the kids who are now just like, oh, no, demons. Uh, just like run back to the barn, counting on the adults to protect them. Yeah. The adults, they <sighs> were just trying to kill moments earlier. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to thank Bert and Vicky for being super fucking forgiving because fuck those kids. Yeah. Hashtag fuck those kids. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Meanwhile, they come up with a plan based on a scripture that the policeman was reading and then dropped and then Joby conveniently picked up. Oh, yeah. And he has it just in his wallet. This eight-year-old child who carries a wallet has the clipping of the biblical verse or whatever. (laughs) Right, right, right. Money clip question mark engraved question mark yes I do love when he hands it over like the verse is like they got that red uh, Bible highlighter pencil thing over it yep. I love that mm-hmm. so much I was like oh that reminds me of seminary <laughs> he's like this is what the blue man group was trying to do <laughs> man every time they talked about the blue man I just pictured someone like hitting PVC pipe with mallets and like <laughs> dancing around like I'm just picturing him up on the corn suffix just like you know how they move their heads? Yes. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I was like, your children, you knew what police were. Just call him the police officer. Oh, yeah. Joby yeah. calls him Officer yeah. a bunch. Officer Hodgkiss, yeah. I think is his name. So, like, they yeah. know he's a cop, right? Right. Blue man. Ah, hanging on the corn cross. Ah, fighting Malachi. There he goes. Ah, you're a master of cornrati and friendship for everyone. A blue man. Hell yeah. So they determined from this page of scripture that what the officer was trying to do was to attach the, they call it gasohol, which I'm assuming is ethanol. I assume so as well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man, but I assumed it was. The doctor's like, you fucking dumb kids. I'm just going to burn this corn down. I think that's what you're trying to say. Well, no, Linda Hamilton is the one that actually comes up with it. She's like, lake of fire. He was going to burn down the cornfield. And he goes, aha, gasohol. Yes. Yeah. Gasohol, uh, which I think is ethanol. And they put the gasohol into the irrigation system and then he has a molotov cocktail and he lights it and throws it way too close to the gasoline ever which by the way everyone is doused in flammable liquid and he's like i'm just gonna throw this flaming thing because he's trying to kill all the witnesses to his initial child murder i mean honestly yeah i love that he throws that bottle and it just lands and doesn't light anything so the child runs to go get it brings it back and it's like Throw it again, but this time do it right. Yes. Like, God damn. That's so funny that they included that in the movie. Like It's nuts. But he does manage to throw it again, lights it. The field explodes and burns. Yeah. They make it out alive. They make a run for it. And then we see super terrible graphics oh, of man. the evil spirit oh, in gosh. the corn dying. 
<laughs> Apparently, the demon in the corn was Master Computer from Tron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or, or, yeah, or was like it, is it um, Abraham from South Park? Yeah. <laughs> Abraham Duran's more macaroni art, like that same level of, yeah. <laughs> so what you guys, and you, Paige, you may cover this in Fun Facts, but what actually mm-hmm. happened is Sarah got a hold of the film and drew in crayon on those <laughs> frames. This is what's happening in the present. Yeah. <laughs> oh, We're like, yeah, we get it, Sarah. Sarah, we can see the actual fire. She draws a sunrise and she's like, this is happening tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no shit, Sarah. It happens every day. (sighs) So the other kids like dis a fucking peer. Like they are not in this movie again after like it's just Joby and Sarah. Yeah. It's as if Bert and Vicky care nothing about any of the other children in this town. They literally leave every other kid. Like they save them from the demon, I guess, but then l- abandon them there. Yeah. Yeah. Wh- like all the children just like disappear. Yeah. Uh, they make it back to their cornmobile, realize they can't drive. So they're going to walk. But before they do, they go. He Bert goes in to get the map and the preacher girl is in the car and so he, or as I have it in my notes, there's a hooker in the back because she's got like <laughs> She a does hook. have a hook, yeah. <laughs> but he slams the car door into her face. She falls back unconscious. She's dead. She's out cold at there least. There are now two dead children in that car. So they're yep. like, well, this car is tainted. We're going to walk. Yep. And they, well, and it's implied as they're going to, they're going to walk to Hemingford, obviously. Yeah. But then they're like, oh, we'll send her a get well card from Seattle. Essentially implying they are not going to go to the authorities. They're just going to continue on to Seattle. Because they are going to murder those two other children because these two people are killers that found themselves with a cult. <laughs> There you go. Wait, I have a question. Did we talk about the corn fight scene? No, that's when he's trying to do the uh, the irrigation system. We have to talk about how he battles literal corn in this movie. He does. As he's trying to get to the irrigation system, he battles literal corn. Yes, but it was it was hard for him to get there because it was a maze. I love how they shot this, though, because it is clearly just people hitting him with, like, stalks of corn and then (laughs) them, like, speeding up footage to make it look more violent. It was terrible. It's really funny. And if you watch it with (laughs) subtitles on, you'll get to see one that just says corn howling. Yeah. Which was really funny. And then cornfield moaning. Yeah. I think we've all done a little cornfield moaning. Yeah. (laughs) There was one by my house. (laughs) You guys ever had sex in a corn maze? No. Not in a corn maze. You are missing out. On that awkward note. Yeah, that's the movie. And that's the movie. Todd had sex once. So, (laughs) I love 15-year-old Mikey. I just had sex in a corny corn maze. Corn, (laughs) corn maze. (laughs) So, having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, how did you guys feel about Children of the Corn Dog? Okay. It's hilarious. I love it. Before we move on. Oh, okay. To to sell page of my urban remake. Uh, Fine. It would be Children of the Street Corn. Okay, now, you, now I'm in it. Now I'm it in all it. takes place at a farmer's market? Yes, farmer's market. I love okay, it so yes. much. I'm just picturing that, that scene from Nacho Libre where he just says, get that corn out of my face. And like <laughs> throws a corn cob at a guy and it just like sticks in his eye. Spoilers for Nacho Libre. Okay, so what I think this movie, I can't believe I missed it. It definitely is an 80s really bonkers horror movie that I really like. Yep. I would put this in Mikey movie category. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. This is a fun one to show people at like a party and be like, check out this weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of, okay. I didn't, I wouldn't say I liked it. Like I wouldn't go back and watch this, but I would absolutely go and watch the other ones based on mm. this because it would be like watching the sequels to the house movies. I haven't done that, but having seen house two, I would absolutely watch the other ones. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I want to see this in a movie theater, but Rocky horror style, like an interactive children of the corn where viewing. everyone just yells, interloper or outlander yes absolutely (laughs) i love that so much everyone brings a tire iron or crowbar (laughs) (laughs) and then we we bring corn stalks and we just hit each other with them (laughs) during during the corn fight scene yes yeah absolutely corn howling (laughs) one giant question yes so the children and the mechanic had a like a mutually beneficial relationship relationship, right he was giving them gas right Uh uh-huh Yes. What was he getting? I think he was not killed. Yeah, yeah. They let him live. That's what it was. Yeah. They let him live. Yeah. He's a terrible negotiator. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why he's fixing the car. I think his plan is to fix the car and drive away. But it's been three years since that town got murdered, right? Like he's been there for three years. he's not a good mechanic. No, he's terrible. (laughs) He's been like, I can't, I just can't get the transmission on this old truck to work right. He had enough time to train his dog to bring him wrenches, (laughs) but he did not walk the 14 miles. The 19 miles. Oh yeah. It's only 19 miles. It's not like he's walking from Colorado to Louisiana. Like he absolutely could have hoofed it 19 miles in three years. This is what I mean about this movie where when you start to just kind of pull at the threads and unravel it, it completely falls apart. Yeah, don't do that. That's a mistake. Okay, I won't I won't do it anymore. But I didn't I had an enjoyable experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't hate watching this movie. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't super scary. Like there were some tense weird moments, but it's really just sort of laughable in a lot of them. I did not experience any tense weird moments. I mean, I did when the corn started moaning. I was like, I didn't know it could do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I have so many fun I facts. I can't wait. It You've is... teased these all episode. Like, yes, I want to hear them I all. I am so excited. So, Paige, hit us with your fun facts. Corn how fun, fun facts. facts. <laughs> so, let's start out with just some of the differences between the short story and the movie. Okay. And... I'll get into more of those as we go, but to just kind of set some stuff up. All right. Number one, something that people don't necessarily know is that this movie in 1984 actually wasn't the first adaptation of Children of the Corn. Really? There's actually a short film from the year before called Disciples of the Crow. Uh, Oh, interesting. Yeah. Most people don't know that one. Uh, The 1984 film is always the one that's better known, but... It basically is technically the second adaptation. But the reason this movie loses a lot of its budget is part of the reason why Disciples of the Crow is not called Stephen King's Children of the Corn. And I'll get to it in a sec. Okay. So one of the biggest differences between the short story and the movie is that the lead characters of Bert and Vicky die in the story. Wait, really? That checks out. Yep. Also, in the short story, they are married and on the verge of divorce, and they spend most of the story fighting. And keep that in mind, because that's going to come in in a couple other fun facts later. Okay, okay. So, but just remember that in the short story, they both die and they're married contemplating divorce. Okay. So, very different tone. Let's put it that way. This next one is my favorite fun fact that I found. I have presented it exactly as I found it written. I have no further explanations. (laughs) Quote, 
Though real corn was used for most of filming, polyurethane corn had to be used for the more difficult action sequences. <laughs> I got that. I get it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's the corn action or the fights. I don't know. It has to be the corn fight scene, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, that must be because it, Because right? honestly, if you're like hitting hip someone with stalks that are still like connected to the ground, they would just apart. snap. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But they're hitting him like pool noodles. Like it looked like yes. you were like in the pool with somebody and you're hitting him with, with a pool noodle. It looked like there were like eight people hitting him with corn stalks like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think bad. those are the polyurethane ones. Yeah, they gotta be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as you pointed out, Night Shift is on the dashboard of the car. Yeah. And that is the collection of short stories in which Children of the Corn originally appears. Now, the town of Hemingford, the one that's supposedly 19 miles away, is also the same place the heroes of Stephen King's novel, The Stand, are trying to get to in their dreams. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So for me, that kind of bolsters the idea that maybe Hemingford isn't actually there, that this is kind of a, a trick of the corn field. It's a trick of the corn. <laughs> yes. So the German title of this movie is actually the result of a mistake in translation. Yes. Um, because some of the words sound similar. So it was it was translated to Kinder des Zorns, which translated back to English means children of wrath. <laughs> I mean, that's a good title. Applicable, it is a good title. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, sort of fits. Yeah. So John Franklin, who plays Isaac, as we mentioned, is 24. And at least when this movie is made. Yeah, he's not still 24, right? No, but because he's an adult, he still kind of looks that way. Yeah. So in an interview years after the movie came out, he said that he was with some friends at a restaurant and a woman sitting at the next table recognized him and screamed and ran out of the restaurant before she had to be convinced <laughs> to come back in and her party moved tables so they weren't near him. Wow, that is rough to yeah. not be able to like disassociate fantasy from reality. I mean, yeah. That's wow. I would if if I was an actor and someone had that effect because of like a, a villain character I played, I'd be like, I'm great. Ah! Like I'm the best actor in the world. I'm trying to think of like <laughs> who would scare me that badly. I can't think of anybody really. I can't think of anybody either because I have a healthy understanding of like what's real and what's not real, I think. And I think I'd have to see like a real life xenomorph. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. So we're just talking about like what fictional character, if it was real, would scare you. That's like a big list for me. No, no but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the level of realism I would have to get to for it to scare me. I don't know if I saw Army Hammer, I might. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not like a character Army Hammer played. That's just like army hammer in real life is terrifying i mean there there are serial killers that if i saw them in real life would terrify me oh I think, yeah because sure, you yeah. know that they really did stuff but anyway so the tagline and a child shall lead them which is kind of like the refrain of the corn cult is actually from isaiah eleven six, mm -hmm. and it reads and the wolf shall dwell with the lamb the leopard shall lie down with the kid and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together and the little child shall lead them this is actually thought to be part of the prophecy about jesus coming to earth as a baby so, you know, it's just one more instance of people just plucking out words and interpreting them the way they want. And in this case, corn interpreting them the way they want. <laughs> uh, in the original theatrical trailer for the movie, Stephen King's name is misspelled as Stephen with a V. Oh, really? Yes. That's amazing. Yep. I'm sure they fixed it, but I, I bet you can find Eventually, that trailer somewhere sure. on YouTube. 
Yep. So Courtney Gaines, who is the actor who played Malachi, held a casting assistant hostage with a prop knife at the audition, and that's how he got the role. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Good for him, though. I know. To this day, people still recognize him and yell Outlander at him in the street. Which is kind of amazing, and that's he better. says that's a that's a better thing to yell. Yeah, I think I would be like, oh, that's awesome. Like people really like. He seems to love it. Yeah, I, I would yeah. love it too. I'd be like, oh, that's great. People seem to still love this thing that I was a part of as a younger child, like forever ago. Yeah, I don't think he's done a ton of acting work, has he? He did a few thing in few things in the eighties, but no, not a ton. Oh, I, I want to say he's been on Law and Order in a couple things. No, dude is acting. Yeah. Oh, I know I've seen him as an adult and stuff. Yeah. He's done like 133 acting credits and is like, he's probably got eight projects in post-production right now. That doesn't surprise me. Okay. That's amazing. According to him, even his own parents were really unnerved by him in the movie. (laughs) I get that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the thing that changed the course of this movie yes, forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. According to the credited screenwriter George Goldsmith, he was brought onto the project to write or essentially rewrite the script after the original script by Stephen King was considered unusable. What? <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. The one thing I know about Stephen King is he's not a good writer. Well, he's not a good screenwriter. Is is he not? I mean, everyone loves his writing. So, like, I assume that that's a joke. Todd, at this point in the 80s, he's trying to, like, break into Hollywood. Like, he's writing screenplays and directing and acting a little. And it's... I know he directed Maximum Overdrive, but honestly... That movie's a fucking banger. <laughs> it's terrible in the best way. Um, here's what I will say. Book wise, I think his writing style lends itself more to books where you can be a little more cerebral and you're not as tethered to what you can represent accurately visually because people can have their own kind of mental image of it. Yeah. And that's where he really struggles as a screenwriter is that he doesn't understand A, what's easily shown visibly, and B, what is essential. And that's what happens here. So his original draft was almost an extra half hour long. What? And the entire first act was nothing but Bert and Vicky arguing in the car. Nothing else. What? So for a full half hour, it was just them arguing in the car. That's it. That sounds terrible. Well, (laughs) and there's partially a reason for it. In his original short story, there's no, like this movie kind of the narrator fills us in on what happens before they get there. In their short story, we find it out as they're finding it out. So like, yeah. They're arguing, they get to the town, shit's weird, mayhem ensues. So he'd kind of written the original script that way, but that just meant that literally for a half an hour, you watched people argue for no reason. But then also, he had a huge backstory for Isaac and the cult and kept the story's depressing ending. Now, here's the thing. I don't love movies where everyone dies, but I do think that ending would be scarier. And I would like more backstory on Isaac and the cult. But with that first 30 minutes of them just arguing, it was a fucking downer. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) And people were just like, no one's going to want to watch this. And so the studio wanted a, a happier ending, which I do think is kind of bullshit when studios do this, but whatever. And so they brought in 
a new writer. Now, the original ending of the story is thus. Linda Hamilton's character, Vicky, is killed by the children. She ends up on a cross. Her eyes are cut out. Oh, oh my God. They cut out her corneas. <laughs> yes. Bird is killed by essentially the demon in the cornfield, who then also punishes the children for their failure to kill him and lowers the sacrifice age from 19 to 18. Oh. And yeah, so it the original draft contained all of this. Okay. And the screenwriter who came in to rewrite felt like Stephen King didn't yet understand the difference between a novel and a film and what kind of compromises you have to make between the two, which I agree. Yeah. Now, the film originally had a small budget for the time, but a substantial one. Um, however, shortly before filming began, Stephen King demanded more payment in advance for the studio to use his name in the marketing. So the studio was forced to give him over a third of the budget, reducing the budget to minuscule, which led to them having to cut multiple scenes out of the film completely because they now did not have enough money to make the movie even the shortened version that the new screenwriter had written. So Stephen King, essentially, they didn't use his draft. He got mad, threw a hissy fit, and basically made it impossible to make the new draft, even though had he done that with his initial draft, they wouldn't have been able to make his initial draft either. So, like, the amount of money he asked for tanks this movie. So here's what got cut out. So the scene where Isaac kills Malachi... He was supposed to actually, we were supposed to see kind of some sections of the creature and Isaac was supposed to be full zombied out skeleton showing whole nine. Yeah. Like he was supposed to look a lot worse and they just physically didn't have the money for it. So they just had him choke him because it cost the least. That's wild. Okay. The scene with the girl attacking them from the backseat of the car at the very, very end was added before filming wrapped uh, because they felt like they didn't have like a last stinger and the studio wanted one. Yeah. And Linda Hamilton complained to the producer that it made no sense for them to go back to the car because they knew they couldn't use the car. And she said it made the characters look stupid. And the producer allegedly a man named Donald P. Borchers replied, we want the audience to think you're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But here's some more scenes that got cut or unfilmed or altered. Okay. So originally he was supposed, the mechanic was supposed to find his dead dog under the hood of the truck. So the severed head of the dog instead of the bandana. Oh man. They couldn't do that. So it was just the bandana. Additionally, we were supposed to see his body. They couldn't afford the dummy or the corpse or the makeup. So we don't see his body. Wow. Okay. Originally, Bert was supposed to get hurt a lot more. uh, Like in the cornfield, the corns were supposed to attack him and slice his face. The children were supposed to hurt him more, but they literally couldn't afford the makeup to make him look worse. So they just cut it out of the film. There's actually a scene where he was supposed to stab Malachi. He like finds a pile of skeletons and then like takes shelter behind them and stabs Malachi with a sharpened bone in the leg before having like corn oil poured out of the window at Mm. him. He like nearly misses it by two pregnant teenage girls in the window above him. 
This all gets cut because they don't have money to film it, but it also cuts out a section that is in the short story that's not in the movie, and that's some of the older girls are pregnant. Yeah. Because they have to keep replenishing the cult. I wondered that, actually. I was like, if they're killing kids at 19, like, how do they have new members, right? Pregnant teens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which means that when they slam that little girl's face at the end, she may have been pregnant because she was an older teen, clearly. (laughs) They just beat up a pregnant mom. Great. (laughs) Great. The film was also supposed to feature flashbacks explaining the story of the sheriff, Bill Hotchkiss. The blue man? The blue man. Showing how he escaped the children's attack and how he got captured and what he was basically trying to do so that we had a better understanding of his plan. So there was like a whole storyline of him trying to kill the monster first. Yeah. Uh, And then eventually he and the town's minister, the preacher, are hung from the church's bell tower. Uh, All of this gets cut because of budgetary constraints. In the short story, he who walks behind the rose is vaguely described as a large green monster with red eyes. But they did not have money to actually represent the monster in any physical way. So they used a wheelbarrow flipped over with wheels on the underside and a tarp that they covered with dirt to make it like tremors. Oh, cool. And then the graphics they had at the end was literally the only thing they could afford to represent He Who Walks Behind the Rose. All because Stephen King demanded a bigger paycheck. You're welcome. Well, I mean, cocaine was expensive in the 80s, right? This is high cocaine era. 100%. Yeah, I mean, can't write bangers without cocaine. That's just a rule. <laughs> that is what the 80s proved to us. I mean, there's a lot of good movies in the 80s. I know. I know. Absolutely. And a lot of those people are still alive. I'm not going to advocate for cocaine. You shouldn't. It could give you a heart attack or you could die of fentanyl poisoning. Yeah. Test your coke. Test your drugs. Yeah. yeah. But back then, they didn't even have fentanyl. No, they didn't. They just had maximum overdrive, and we're <laughs> grateful. We're definitely doing maximum overdrive. So are those all your fun facts? Yeah, those are all the fun facts. That was a cornucopia of fun facts. <laughs> Hooray! It was. Now let's talk some box office. So what do you think, and Paige, you might know, but what do you think the total budget for the movie was? Yeah. Recused. Two million. Okay. So the budget for this movie was $800,000, which means... <laughs> It was originally 1.3 million. Okay, so I was going to do the uh, math for us, but apparently, mm-hmm. okay, so I wasn't sure if the $800,000 figure was before Stephen King got his that's cut. after. But it sounds like it was that's after. after okay. cut. So that's good. That's good to mm-hmm. know, though. So for our purposes, $800,000 is what went into making the movie. Now, if you adjust mm-hmm. that for inflation, that would be almost, well, a little over $2 million, Mikey. It's $2.1 million. So your guess is pretty accurate for today. Right. That's still very low for the time. Yeah. By the way, that's a super low budget for a movie now. Like if you have a two million dollar movie, that's low budget. Yeah. One point three was also still low at the time. So then to take an extra five hundred thousand out of that. Yeah. It's a lot. Not cool, Stephen. Not cool. All right. Not cool. Stephen with a V. <laughs> so this movie came out March 9th, 1984, and it was fourth in the theaters when it came out. It was beat by a movie we've done on Romance in the Pod, Splash. Oh, Splash. <laughs> Another movie we should do on Romance in the Pod, Footloose, uh, was number oh, two. Footloose. Is that a romantic comedy? Why oh, not? Yeah. It's as much of a romantic comedy as Angus is and Last Holiday. We can do it. Oh. It's fine. I mean, it is because her dad's mad that he's, you know, not an uptown boy. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, everyone learns the power of dance while Kevin Bacon jizzes confetti at the end. It's fine. So love it. Um, number three that week was Against All Odds. Children of the Corn was number four. And then Blame It on Rio was number five. What do you oh, think? Oh, oh. That's the movie we should do. (laughs) 
I've never seen Blame It on Rio, but it's about when Michael Caine sleeps with an underage girl in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, no. No, we should not do this movie. It's a bit of a problematic movie. It sounds very <laughs> problematic, Mikey. But you get to pick one third of the movies we do on Romance in the Pod. So I believe it's his best friend's daughter. That's, this doesn't help. Yeah, you're not selling it to us. All right, whatever. But it's Michael Caine. I do love don't Michael Caine. <laughs> not, not in that situation, I don't. That's why Alfred can't get a real job. He has to work for uh, the Wayne family because he has Ooh, a felony no. record. Oh, God. All right, so Children of the Corn was number four this weekend, but what do you think it made in its opening weekend? I have no idea. $600,000? Okay. No, no, I'm going to say like like a million, at least its opening weekend. Yeah, it made $2 million yeah. uh, in its opening weekend, so it did really well, I, I think, for its budget of 800000 to make your budget back plus some. That's great, really. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think it went on to make total domestically? I think it's probably at about twelve. Okay. I want to say four. Okay. And actually made $14.6 million. Nice. Yeah. So it did very well. If you adjust for inflation, that 14.6 becomes $39 million. So that's not bad on a, you know, 14.6 is great on an $800,000 investment, but that is your box office. So this week you guys made us watch Children of the Corn. What are you guys making us watch next week? As you all know, this month is Listener Request Redemption Month, where we're yes. trying to pick from some of the movies that have come the closest but never been voted for a listener request. So Todd put out a poll with, I think it was 10 movies. Yep. And the top three are the ones that are going to be the Listener Request Redemption movies this month. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. So what are we watching next week? Yeah. So the winner, well, I should say the three winners of the listener request, since it's listener request redemption month, like you just said, Paige. And let me just say this. We had over 800 votes for this listener request, which is like insane. So thank you guys so much for like really, really participating in this. It was, it was a lot of fun. The top three winners were Ginger Snaps, Ouija, Origin of Evil, and Wicker Man from 2006, the Nicolas Cage version. So we're actually going to do them in the order in which you guys voted for them. So Ginger Snaps was first, so we'll be doing that one next week, and then Ouija, Origin of Evil, and then Wicker Man to close out the Listener Request Redemption Month. So your homework for next week, as you've figured out by now, is to watch Ginger Snaps and I guess just be really happy that it finally won. Okay, so Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Mm. I can tell by your eyes, you do not. So while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review read on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So Mikey, whose review you're going to read this week? Adam P199. All right, well, what does Adam P199 have to say? They have a really long title for the review. Yeah, it's Blair Witch. Shabari and a trip to the and ER. A trip to the ER. That's mm-hmm. the title of the review. Oh no! It sounds like this review might go places. Mikey, let's hit them with this it. This is going to get exciting. Just <laughs> recently found the podcast as something to listen to while I'm working. Awesome. I mostly play the episodes of the movies I've seen. I think that's common. That's pretty much that makes sense. Yeah. I was listening to the Blair Witch episode while trying to keep my giggles quiet at all the fart jokes, but when Paige made the joke. About Shabari, it broke me. I honestly have no memory of the fart jokes in that episode. I don't know what she's talking about. I, I don't remember making a joke about Shabari, but I in that specific episode, but I know I have made jokes about Shabari in the past. So causing me to fall back and clipping my head on the table. Wait, what? To oh, no. me getting five stitches. Oh, oh no. my god! Oh we, wow. We are not liable. Yeah, we We're do not, not accept not. any liability for any accidents that happen because of giggles or 
more fart jokes. I'm glad he named Paige. Yeah. And not us. <laughs> if I could give it 10 stars, I would. Five stars. Well, you already gave it five stitches, so thank you so <laughs> much for that amazing five-stitch review. Are, are we sure they're just not still concussed? <laughs> we'll really never know for sure. We will never know for sure. But if you want to leave your five-star review, please don't get a head injury, but leave us a five-star review. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you want to financially support me, but not Todd, just look me up on Venmo or his only fans which really should just be called only feet because that's what you get but guys <laughs> but it's just because I don't know how to work my camera phone <laughs> he doesn't know how to hit the front facing camera button so it's always just a picture of his feet anyway guys if you can't financially support the show that's understandable that's fine but if you want to hang out with us on the daily join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin we also link it like once a week so just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group we're closing in on 1600 members it's amazing you guys are awesome and literally we're in there talking every day it's awesome and guys we got a P.O. box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box it's actually not a P.O. Box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, where we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. All right. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He only likes that multicolored corn that's not like the genetically produced. Oh, Oh, he's a corn purist. Mm -hmm. Mm. I get it. That's great. Good for him. I like that kind of corn, too. Yeah, me too. Um, This episode also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy this week. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? I feel like there's an obvious answer here. Yeah. Yeah. She keeps drawing these pictures. (laughs) (laughs) And she calls it the future, but it's really just drawing what's currently happening. And it's just what she wants to be the future. Like, she's Uh always drawing herself with a PS5 and shit. Yeah. She's like drawing herself with a graduation cap. She's like, I'm done with high school. Yeah. That's not the future. I mean, it might be. We'll see. We'll find out. It's one possible future. Yeah. 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 In the crayon multiverse. Uh, This episode also brought to you by the number Jeff. And Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a episode of the Jessica Jones TV show and Agent Carter. So check out Kissing Jessica Jones on any of your favorite podcast apps. So, and Jonathan, I need some more spider videos, but because it is Children of the Corn, Paige found a corn spider 
video Corn for us to watch. So we're going to watch that right now. Can you guys see my screen? Yes. All right. So. Oh, God. Nope. What's on its back? Yeah, like That's this. not even the one. Uh, That's a different spider. Don't like it at all. Oh. Oh, Oh, this is gross. That's a corn spider. Oh They're my scary. god! Oh, why is he holding it? Oh, I don't know, I don't but that's like how big they all. are. That's huge. It's on his yeah. face. He's putting it on his face. What is wrong with people? They're harmless. Oh, technically, are they? yes. Okay, what's the uh, what's the over under? This guy went to prom. <laughs> oh, definitely not. It's on his face. It is. I can't. No. I can't. This is terrible. I can't. Like, why? I don't understand that at all. Why would you let people put spiders on your face? I also have a shout out. You have a shout out, Mikey? Yeah. Uh, for Christian. He's a new uh, Burn It Down level. And he just wanted his name shouted out. He's just like, I got extra money over the holidays. And I want you guys to just very generous. And he, oh, well, I, Christian. We appreciate your support. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so Christian! much. We appreciate that. <laughs> How about that? That is a yeah. legit an actual that a shout, out. shout out. Yeah. That was a shout mm-hmm. out. All right. We now return you to another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. Now, Mikey, before you start, I have a question. Yeah. Is this going to be more of uh, canonically Christmas? Oh. Or so are we done with oh. Christmas canonically? We'll do a New Year's episode. Perfect. All right. So welcome back to a New Year's episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. It's New Year's in the Patronicles. It is. Yes. Cut to Chicago, where the good guys are living currently. And the world's not in a great place, but it's not super bad yet. Nice. Okay. And freaking uh, Eddie <laughs> is dancing on a line of manatees with his with Sasha. And they're, <laughs> they're just stepping all over them because that's the animal that Paige picked how many weeks ago. Hey, it's fucking improv. I yes and did. You did not specify that you did not want water mammals. This is on you. That is on you, Mikey. I agree with Paige. But they've brought fresh seafood with them for the city and the people of Chicago. And there was much rejoicing all over Chicago. In the streets. (laughs) Anyway, that's... (laughs) Kate is slowly moving a countdown ball down on... Of course, of course. (laughs) With their mind powers. Yeah. Karoom and Domosaurus... Both kiss their little egg at the, the at the drop of midnight. Aww. They like sandwich kiss it on either side of the egg. Uh huh. That's so cute. Amy, uh, Scott, Wes. Amy, fight. Amy, gorilla. <laughs> Amy, <laughs> sorry, gorilla. I know that's Amy not sad. Amy. <laughs> Amy, sad. Amy, power glove. They've brought in a scientist named Joey, who uh, they're trying to use to make Scott a real person again and get Wes out of Scott's shoulder. <laughs> I know Joey is just a new patron, but I'm picturing Joey Fatone, and you can't tell me otherwise. Oh, okay. I was well, picturing Joey Triviani from France. <laughs> How you doing? Joey in patriotical world looks like it's it's a kind of a mad scientist kind of thing going on. Okay. Maybe like a Doc Brown or a Morty kind I of love deal. it. Half baby kangaroo. Half Christopher Lloyd. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, work- they're working through the night to try to... They're just working really hard to solve Scott and Wes's predicament. Back over in the bad guy place, Antarctica, uh, Isaac has Dave and they're running. They're trying... Isaac is trying to... They're, they're escaping the Illuminati and Most Evil Matthew. Most Evil Matthew on New Year's Eve 
is calling the police on on parties that are too loud. Oh, they're escaping! The killer is escaping! <laughs> no, no. He, he is watching by satellite, by Illuminati satellite, other parties in America, and when he sees one, he calls the police on it and says it's too loud just to get them bothered. Oh, fuck him then. That is the yeah, worst. Exact. <laughs> He's like breaking into people's ring cameras, and if it's like they're having too much fun, he calls the cops on them. Yes. And then when he like has a pause, he like tongue makes out with Kaylee. And it's like real nasty for everybody in the room. And, and, and uh, Dreskel's just standing there and he's like, ugh. And one of the. Where's this taking place? A Mexican restaurant? <laughs> Sorry. Wow. <laughs> I feel attacked right now. That's a callback to Todd having PDA in a Mexican restaurant. Literally just very lightly kissed my girlfriend in front of Mikey and he took offense to it. Lightly? Jesus H. <laughs> no. He lightly brushed her tonsils with his yeah. tongue. My God, I could see y'all's <laughs> tongue. For God's <laughs> sake, that's not a light kiss. Every time he tells the story, it, it escalates. It gets yeah. worse every time. I Pretty love it. Pretty soon we will have fornicated in front of him over creamy jalapeno dip. Well, I feel like you admitted to fornicating in a corn maze, so it's not that far off. Yeah, a corn tortilla maze. <laughs> <laughs> I have no memory of this. Let's move on. Oh, then, And then uh, Aaron and Danielle are trying to escape also. But Isaac didn't know that they're also trying to escape and left them behind. So they're they're actually trying to build a boat out of ice, which is just I mean, they're from the moon. They don't really know that that's probably really difficult. It's also a very bad idea. That boat's going to melt as yeah, the second people, they get to warm yeah, water. They don't know because space is cold or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get that. Uh, and then Amy, um, she launches a giant rocket at midnight and everyone can see it across the world. And they say peace on earth and goodwill towards men or whatever. <laughs> I like how the or whatever is also trailing behind it. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> the end. All right. I guess my only question is, are we going to pick up with a brand new story after this new year's patrionicals or Should are you going to pick back up? Older plot lines be forgotten <laughs> and never brought to mind. Find out next week on another episode of The, the Patreonicals. All right, close it down. That's going to be it for us, you guys on page. Stop recording. Mikey. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it oogie spooky. Yeah. Have a happy new year. Yay. Bye. Manatee nerds. You are an idiot, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs>